0: for joy. Oh,
1: attention to brother james we appreciate brother james and brother roger helping us out here in the bible class it sure gives they give such different insights and it sure just it's wonderful such a blessing to the church i thank you enjoying it and uh, so uh, this will be the last opportunity this year for uh, brother james to break the bread of life to us come on brother
2: Good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Uh, Brother Billy congratulated me back there a minute ago and he said, you have such an opportunity, you get a talk on Christmas morning. And I said, oh yeah, it's an opportunity to be nervous. If you want to read in your Bibles, we'll be looking at Matthew chapter 1 and then Luke chapter 2. I know I'm the only thing between you and a treat, so I'll try not to be too long. Matthew chapter 1 and then Luke chapter 2 is where we'll be reading. Uh, One day this guy, he got a Christmas card right before Christmas from his friend who lived in another town. And here's what the Christmas, this is all the Christmas card said. It said A-B-C-D-F-G-H-I-J-K-M-N-O-P-Q-R-S-T-U-V-W-X-Y-Z. That's all it said. He studied on it for a couple days trying to figure out what this cryptic message was supposed to mean on Christmas time. And so his buddy had signed his name. So finally he gave up and called his buddy and said, You know, I, I can't quite get what cryptic message you're trying to send to me here on this Christmas card A, B, C, D, F, G, H, I, J, K, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. And his buddy said, No L. No L. You know what that means, right? Christmas, right? So Merry Noel to you this morning. Merry Christmas to everyone. hope you have a wonderful time with your family and friends, celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I think I said it without an L, didn't I? Yes, did. I think I did. All right. I hope this morning that my my lesson is not quite as cryptic as that. I hope. Um, I do like talking about Christmas, but it can be a challenge talking to, about this because most of us know The truth about Christmas. Most of us have been familiar with the Christmas story our whole lives from very young ages. Um, Of course, my mom and dad never taught us that Santa Claus was real. And I don't teach that to my children. Uh, What I teach them is that Jesus Christ is real. And so I would would not likely tell you anything you don't already know this morning. uh, But I do hope to bring the birth of Jesus Christ into focus just for the next few minutes. Matthew chapter 1. Verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. I want to talk to us this morning about the ghost of Christmas, the G-H-O-S-T of Christmas, the ghost of Christmas. Now I am not talking about some apparition of a dead person that appears as a nebulous image or some white-robed spirit that comes to haunt Ebenezer Scrooge. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the work of the Holy Ghost at the birth of Jesus Christ. The first Christmas, when all of heaven rejoiced at the birth of the Christ child. So I'm not talking about December 25th, A.D. 336, which is the first recorded Christmas. I want to talk to us about the work and the function of the holy ghost at christmas. I'm talking about the night when a heavenly host suddenly burst out with glory to God in the highest on an earth peace goodwill towards men. And I'm talking about that christmas. And I hope to bring the role of the holy ghost in the birth of Jesus Christ into focus this morning. Now the holy ghost all of us know probably it's the holy spirit sometimes it's called. It's the the third person of the triune godhead. It is the spirit of God. Matthew 1 and 35 says, and the angel answered and said unto her, now this is the angel talking to Mary announcing to her that she was going to be the mother of the Christ child, and here's what the angel said, the holy ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee; therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the son of God. Now how can a virgin have a child? How can a human child also be a divine son of God? How how can a pre-existent divine son of God take on human nature and be born as a tiny baby to be wrapped in swaddling clothes by a human woman? Now the answer is simple and yet it's profound. It is believable and yet beyond comprehension. It is theological and yet it is real. The third person of the triune Godhead, the Holy Ghost, came upon Mary. It is as simple and as complicated as that. The power of the Holy Ghost overshadowed this Virgin Mary. Now, it is delicately put, and yet it is unfathomable. I can't explain it scientifically, I can't explain it theologically, I can't explain it anyway. All I can say is the way that the Bible said it. it. was the Holy Ghost that came upon her, and I believe it. With my whole heart, I believe it. As cryptic and as mysterious as it may be, the Bible is quite clear. It was a work of the Holy Ghost. Now, the angel gives no further explanation as to how it really, he doesn't go into the details of how it's going to happen when he's telling Mary that she's going to give birth to the Son of God. All he says is is the power of the Holy Ghost. And the angel says, therefore, the child that is to be born is going to be called the Son of God. This baby is the Son of God. The Son of the Most High, as verse 32 puts it. And it is precisely because he was conceived of the Holy Ghost and born of a virgin Mary that he is called the Son of God, the Son of the Most High. It has never happened before. And it's never happened since then. It's reading the story of a a 15-year-old girl. She was sick in the morning times, as can happen. And her mother took her to the doctor, thought, you know, she just had the flu or something. And the doctor looked at her and said, "Mm, I don't know. So he did a test and come back and said, "Uh, you're going to have a baby. And the mom said, that ain't possible. And the girl said, I've never been with anybody. And so the man went over and looked at the window and said, I'm looking for a star because I missed the first one that announced a divine birth. I'm looking for the star because apparently we got another divine birth here. He knew it wasn't a divine birth. But this was the one and only divine birth. The Holy Ghost came upon this woman. So it is very fitting, I think, that the Holy Ghost should be assigned the delicate and wonderful and mysterious work Of causing the virgin to conceive the incarnate son of God. The baby Jesus. And let me explain what I mean by that. When the time came for the eternal son of God to be sent by his father into the world. The work of the Holy Ghost was a quiet, unobtrusive, unobstructive, gracious work. To the glory of God the father. And to the glory of God the son Jesus Christ. Now... Recall back in John chapter 16. In John 16, when Jesus is towards the end of his ministry, and, and I'm sorry, when Jesus is towards the end of his ministry, and Jesus is promising to send the Holy Ghost, or what he calls the Spirit of Truth, Jesus said in John 16, 13, For he shall not speak of himself. In the next verse, Jesus says, He shall glorify me. You see, the Comforter, the Guide, the Intercessor, the Spirit of God, the Witness, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call Him, always points us towards God the Father and Jesus Christ. The ministry of the Holy Ghost is to point us to the wonder of God and His Son, Jesus Christ. On the day of Pentecost... When the Holy Ghost was poured out and they were all baptized and there was tongues of fire. Peter stands up in the midst of them and he prophesies and said, this was prophesied to us. And he, and he starts to preach to them in Acts 2 and 21. And here's what he says. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth. And he begins to expound to them and to preach to them. He had just been filled with the Holy Ghost. So under the unction of the Holy Ghost, what does he begin to tell them about? Jesus. When Peter is finished preaching and they say, what shall we do then? What are we going to do with this? Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. So on the very day that the Holy Ghost is poured out, the Holy Ghost turns its finger around and says, it's Jesus. And that's the way it's been throughout the ages. One of the main ministries, I hope you're getting this, one of the main ministries and purposes of the Holy Ghost is to point men and women to Jesus Christ. That very day of Pentecost, 3,000 souls were added to the body of believers in Jesus Christ. The day the Spirit was poured out, 3,000 believed in Jesus. That is the work of the Holy Ghost. And so that's why I say it is very fitting that the Holy Ghost should be assigned the delicate and wonderful and mysterious work of of causing the virgin to conceive the incarnate Son of God. One of the ways that you can tell if someone is in the Spirit or not is if what they're doing points to Jesus. So from the very beginning of Christ's incarnation, the Holy Ghost was quietly doing what needed to be done to put forward Jesus Christ as the Son of God and Savior of all mankind. I'm talking this morning about the ghost of Christmas. The Holy Ghost reveals Jesus Christ. Not itself, it reveals Jesus Christ. The power of the Holy Ghost is the power that puts us in the presence of Jesus. And this is the reason why when people are seeking the Holy Ghost, when when people are seeking that Spirit of God to come in and continually dwell in their lives, we encourage them, we tell them to worship God, to worship Jesus Christ, not worship the Holy Ghost. You worship Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost will come and dwell in you. The Holy Ghost, as seen in Acts chapter 2, and is the same Holy Ghost that we see in action today. And it is pointing people to Jesus Christ. Right. Now moving on in the, the Christmas story. When Joseph was going to privately put Mary away because she was with child, the angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream. And here's what the angel says. That which is conceived of her is of the Holy Ghost. In Luke 1 and 15. When the angel of the Lord comes to tell Zacharias about his son John, the one that we call John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ, the angel says, he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. Now later on, when Mary, the mother of Jesus, comes to Elizabeth, the Bible says in Luke 1 and 41, when Elizabeth heard the salutation, the hello from Mary The babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the ghost of Christmas this morning. So we have mama, we have baby John filled with the Holy Ghost in order to promote the coming and the birth of Jesus Christ. And then in verse 67, when John is born and and Zacharias... He is filled with the Holy Ghost and begins to prophesy that John is going to be the forerunner of Jesus Christ and that John will prepare the nation of Israel to receive Jesus Christ. Do you see how the Holy Ghost is quietly working in every situation so that Jesus could be born? Look at the work of the Holy Ghost. Pointing people to Jesus. I'm talking about the ghost of Christmas this morning. The Holy Ghost performs miracle after miracle after miracle in the preparation of the birth of the Son of God in the form of a little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger in Bethlehem. And so by the power of this overshadowing of the Holy Ghost, the first Christmas happens. The very first Christmas happens in Luke 2 and 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And the angels declared unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord.
3: Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Praise the name of Jesus. A Savior was born. I don't think you're getting it this morning. Glory to
2: God, a Savior was born. Now, 40 days after this, after the birth of Jesus Christ, Mary and Joseph, they would have brought Jesus to Jerusalem for Mary's sacrifice of purification and also to present Jesus to the Lord per the law of Moses. And so they traveled four to five miles from Bethlehem to Jerusalem and Joseph would have taken the sacrifice of the birds He would have taken that to the gate of the court of Israel. And and while Mary waited in the court of the women as part of the the ritual in the temple. And then they would have come back together into the common worship area. And amongst all those people, amongst all the hustle and the bustle in that temple that day, Mary and Joseph were like everybody else. There was nothing special. They They did not stand out in any way, shape, or form except that two people full of the Holy Ghost, noticed. Two people that were waiting for the Messiah, Luke 2 and 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up into his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all the people. Listen now, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Now, we don't know much about this man, Simeon. We we know practically nothing. We don't know who his dad was. We don't know who his mom was. We don't know what tribe he was. All we know is three things. He was a devout, righteous man. He was waiting and watching for the consolation of Israel. And finally, he was full of the Holy Ghost. Now, there were likely many people in the temple that day that were righteous and devout. There were certainly people in the temple that day that had been looking for an earthly king or Messiah to deliver the Jews. But as the song goes, the Spirit makes the difference. Oh yes, the Spirit makes the difference. The Holy Ghost had moved upon Simeon and revealed that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Christ. Again, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost points him directly. Out of all those people in the temple, the Holy Ghost points him to Jesus. Look in verse 27. It points him directly at Jesus. This little baby is in the arms of Mary and Joseph. One of many families in the temple. Probably one of many babies in the temple. Because they were always being brought and dedicated. But by the unction of the Holy Ghost, Simeon is pointed directly to the baby Jesus. And he goes there and he reaches out and he removes Jesus from Mary's arms. And he holds in his arms this baby. Christ child this little baby now I don't know about you but if a stranger walked up to me in Aranda and grabbed my little boy out of Aranda's arms we'd have a problem wouldn't we I don't know how really why or for what reason but Joseph and Mary did not seem to have a problem with this seeming coming up and getting her baby maybe they knew him I don't know maybe they had heard about him but I I tend to think that it was the Holy Ghost that revealed that to Simeon just shone all over Simeon, and they couldn't help but say, Yes, take my child. So, this man, full of the Holy Ghost, he's holding the very Son of God, and he immediately starts to thank and bless God for this Christ child. And through the Holy Ghost, he starts prophesying that Jesus will not just be the salvation for Israel, but it will,
3: notice here, it will be the light of the Gentiles. I'm talking about the ghost of Christmas. The Holy Ghost revealed that you and I would be part of God's divine plan. Do you get that this morning? We were brought into the fold by the prophecy of a man full of the Holy Ghost. Under the unction of the power of God, he points at this little baby and says, I'm going to prophesy the Gentiles will be part of this plan. Me and you are part of the plan of God. Because the Holy Ghost came upon a man. He said, you're going to be a light.
2: To the Gentiles, Brother Philip, you preached about the light the other night. And it hit me. Jesus
3: is the light. He is the light to the Gentiles. Me and you have been grafted in into his plan because somebody was full of the Holy Ghost and prophesied, I can be here in the house of God this morning worshiping my Savior. It was the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the ghost of Christmas that points to Jesus. Me and you were brought in. There is no way Simeon in a Jewish temple could have known or thought of the
2: statement, a light to the Gentiles. But by the unction of the Holy Ghost, he declares the light to the Gentiles. And then he points to the baby Jesus and says, This is your salvation of all the millions maybe billions or trillions of babies that had been born, there was only one that was conceived by the Holy Ghost. And that was the baby Jesus. Now Simeon, through the power of the Holy Ghost, notice here what he does next. He speaks directly to Mary. Verse 34, And Simeon blessed them, Joseph and Mary, and then he said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rise again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own heart so also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now Joseph is still there. He's still hearing. He's still listening. But the words are directed directly at Mary under the unction of the Holy Ghost. This Simeon prophet points at Mary. Kind of ignoring Joseph. Joseph. And speak some words to her. Now there's conjecture as to why he didn't speak to Joseph as well. Some have suggested that maybe it was because they believe that Joseph was not at the cross. Because Joseph was already dead at that point. And when Jesus is on the cross he only speaks to his mother. And so maybe that's why Simeon looks at the mother. And he looks at her and he says your heart and your soul is going to be ripped out of you. Because this thing that is in you, this this baby child that is brought about, many in Israel are going to do many things to your son. Now, although to the world and to her, Jesus was Savior, this was still her little teeny tiny baby in her arms. Even at just a little over a month old the Holy Ghost was already forewarning and preparing Mary's heart for the pain that she was going to endure. That is the power of the Holy Ghost. You see, that baby that was born, he was born to die. This child, this Christ child, so tenderly snuggled in the arms of Simeon, he was born to be crucified to save the world. Jesus was born on earth... To die on earth to save the world. The Holy Ghost will reveal to you how precious the birth, but also the death of Jesus Christ is to you. Jesus said in John 14 and 17 that the spirit of truth, the Holy Ghost, the world cannot receive it. So I pray this morning... That we as believers in Jesus, we allow the Holy Ghost, the spirit of truth to live and abide in us this Christmas. That the Holy Ghost will reveal in our hearts the truth of Christmas. The true reason for the season. And I believe that that same Holy Ghost that filled John as a baby and filled Elizabeth and moved on Zacharias and, and overshadowed Mary and revealed Christ to Simeon. I believe that same Holy Ghost also revealed Christ to Anna. Because the Bible says that instantly, immediately, she came up. And she began to thank God and proclaim the Messiah to all who looked for redemption. That's what the Bible says. Do you need redeeming this morning? Have your sins weighted you down? Is there blackness and darkness in your life this morning? Then I want you to know there's the light of Jesus Christ. And he was sent. And Anna starts proclaiming he is sent to redeem us. So I believe we should look, we should do like Simeon and Anna this Christmas season. And declare that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. I believe with all my heart that the miracles of Christmas are not just a thing of the past. I believe that the Holy Ghost is just as powerful today as it has ever been. And I pray that the Holy Ghost will vividly show us that the baby Jesus is born and died, remind us of his sinless life and of his cruel death and how he did it all to save us. John 14 and 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. I'm talking about the ghost of Christmas this morning. Let it not be some white-robed spirit with flaming head that comes to us just once a year and reminds us that we're bitter, cold-hearted misers like the ghost of Christmas did to Scrooge. Or even some jolly giant with dark brown curls like the ghost of Christmas present in order to prompt us to repent. Or even the ghost of Christmas future which looks like the grim reaper muffled in a black hooded coat sent to show
3: Scrooge about his death. No, don't let it be some figment of Charles Dickens' imagination. Let it be the comforter, the Holy Ghost, that points us to Jesus. Instead, let it be the Holy Ghost that empowers us this Christmas season to honor Him and love Him because we were grafted in. We were called out of darkness into His marvelous light. It is the light of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. It's for me. It's for my family. It's for you. It's for your family. We have been grafted in. It's the light of Jesus Christ. And let Heavenly Father, let it be revealed to us this morning through the Holy Ghost that your power is not dead. You are still pouring people to Christ.
2: I believe the Holy Ghost is real. I told Aranda this morning, I believe it was, if the Holy Ghost doesn't come in this sermon, then we're in trouble. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Instead of some imagination of Charles Dickens, let it be the Holy Ghost that inspires us to
3: tell the good news of the Savior. To anybody that will listen, let it be the Holy Ghost that reminds us that Jesus himself said. Jesus himself said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish
2: but have everlasting life. Let it be the Holy Ghost that abides in us to remind us the reason that the Son of God Came to this earth as a tiny little baby in a major. He was born of a virgin because he was overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. Let it be that Jesus that is revealed through us by the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm asking, let's stand. I'm asking
3: for a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost for me.
2: As God last night, about 11.30, Give us a revival for me! Amen. Let the Holy Ghost be so strong on me that when I pass a sinner, I can't help but turn and show them some compassion like Jesus would do. See the virgin birth of Jesus I can't explain it with scientific reasoning I cannot explain it with intellectual wrangling or even theological persuasion but I believe it. I believe
3: it. I can't give you all the details but I believe it and I cherish it this morning. Holy Ghost help us remember about the birth of Jesus that we are Gentiles brought into the fold. Heavenly
2: Father Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your presence this morning. We have felt from the very beginning of this service, we have felt your spirit, and it has pointed us to Jesus. Thank you for your birth, your death, and your resurrection so that we could have the light of life to the Gentiles. If you don't know Jesus this morning if you are not experiencing the comfort of the Holy Ghost, then you can this morning. If you are living in a dark world where sin and filth is all around you, and those fingers of darkness and death seem to be gripping a hold of you, let me do like Simeon did and introduce you to The light. Let me introduce you to the light because life does not always have to be dark. Sin does not have to prevail. Jesus came as a baby. He was born and the light shone. So you can be free from the burden of sin. You can be free from the darkness. Jesus was born and He died for whosoever will. I believe that the Spirit of God is drawing us this morning. I believe that the Holy Ghost is drawing us this morning to Jesus. If you need a greater experience with Him, if you need a greater experience with Jesus Christ, then come and let the Spirit of God point you towards Jesus. When Jesus said, I'm going away, I'm going to send you another comforter, and He's going to speak of me. He's not going to be promoting himself. He's going to be promoting the God of the universe. The triune Godhead is in in unison. God the Father sent His Son under the unction of the Holy Ghost to save you. So you have the opportunity this morning to either come and know Him afresh and anew or to come and know Him better under the unction of the Holy Ghost. Let's let the Holy Ghost move this morning. If you I know it's Sunday morning. But let's come around these altars this morning. Let's let the Holy let's let the Ghost of Christmas change our year. Let it change Wednesday for us.
1: Please come on, everybody if you will come, Please let's gather around the altar. It's Christmas. Please don't leave, this day. Let's seek the face I of the know. Lord before we give out the treats.
0: Hallelujah. We from above. No! Jesus who That sets my spirit
1: free and sets my soul
0: on fire. I want it to affect my life when I go to God in prayer. I want that old fashioned Holy Ghost desire. I want that old fashioned Holy Ghost desire. Well, it's the kind that sets my spirit free and sets my soul on fire. I want it to affect my life when I go to God in prayer. I want that old-fashioned Holy Ghost desire. I want that old-fashioned Holy Ghost desire. It's the kind that sets my spirit free and sets my soul on fire. I want it to affect my life when I go to God in prayer. I want that old-fashioned Holy Ghost desire. I'm tired of that cold and empty filling. The lethargy I found not in the mire. I want that old-fashioned Holy Ghost desire. I want that old-fashioned Holy Ghost desire. But it's the kind that sets my spirit free and sets my soul on fire. I want it to affect my life When I go to God in prayer I want that old-fashioned Holy Ghost desire I want that old-fashioned Holy Ghost desire It's the kind that sets my spirit free And sets my soul on fire I want it to affect my life When I go to God in prayer I want that old-fashioned Holy Ghost desire
1: you brothers that can help us please uh, we had 119 in Bible class today and uh, uh, and we had 28 absent and we have 150 treats up here so we'll have to field any of the others uh, down there in the in the dining room so alright so all you brothers get ready I want every person that's here every Uh, person uh, to make sure they get their treat and then we fill these that are absent today and then uh, we'll take care of the, the rest.